This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go. Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get there. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. Someone who is arguably the best wide receiver in all of football, that Antonio Brown, is now an Oakland Raider. What's going on, Raider Nation? Rolling in hot to episode 36, brought to you by Blue Wire and Harry's. And I'll tell you one thing, I am definitely looking forward to talking some Raiders football this week because we finally have a ton of stuff to talk about. This week was absolutely loaded with stuff going on. Uh, We're finally getting to see some live contact, a lot of one-on-one drills, so we definitely got a lot of stuff to cover. But first things first, one thing about the podcast, I want to make sure if you're listening now, make sure you're on the lookout for some bonus episodes. Of course, whenever Raiders football games are starting, we're going to turn into post-game episodes. So the night after the game, or should I say the night of the game, uh, our podcast will be posting. Each episode will be posting the night of the game. During the preseason, we might be getting some bonus episodes thrown in there. Um, I'm trying to plan maybe another trip or two to camp. So if I can make one more trip to camp happen, um, I'll obviously be dropping a bonus episode in there. And depending on how Hard Knocks goes, if there's a lot to chat about or if there's a lot of people that maybe don't watch it, I might be dropping maybe a post-Hard Knocks episode real quick, real, you know, short and sweet. Keep it simple. It's not going to be completely loaded. Uh, But then when the regular season starts, be on the lookout. We're going to be splitting into a bi-weekly show. We're going to be bringing on a big contributor of ours, Chris Reed. He's going to be coming on. He's going to be breaking down key plays. Um, Of course, me and Kenny King will be doing the post games during the regular season. And then look for a second episode. We'll be dropping somewhere in the middle of the week, maybe a Wednesday or a Thursday night. Uh, something to kind of prep us for the week ahead, maybe a little look back on the game that also happened just a few days before. Uh, things are kind of in the hinges, things are in the works, we're still on the drawing board with everything, but for one thing's for sure, expect a bi-weekly show, and you never know, we might be recreating and bringing back our live streams, so for those of you on Twitter that follow me on Twitter and follow the podcast page on Twitter, be on the lookout, maybe I do a short pre-game live stream, something right before kickoff, we'll see. Uh, If you guys have any ideas or suggestions, uh, something that you guys would be uh, really intrigued with, I'm always open to ideas. Can't promise that I'll I'll consider of all, but uh, one thing's for sure, I'm I'm definitely open to your guys' inputs. Uh, So yeah, hit me up, let me know, but a lot of stuff happened this week, so let's get into Raiders football. Just after the episode dropped last week, this was actually before the bonus episode, but I failed to mention it. And while I was up in Napa and training camp was kicking off, the Raiders released running back Chris Warren. Sounds like the 2018 preseason MVP showed up to camp a little bit out of shape. Maybe he wasn't a fan of John wanting him to drop weight. I guess those frustrations that he aired out on Instagram a few months ago were pretty real. And in a corresponding move, we signed running back James Butler. Actually, a similar move to what we did last year. After camp on Sunday... Mark Davis confirmed that the team will be returning to Napa again in the 2020 offseason and even made it sound like it could still be a thing for years to come. While the first day in pads was on Monday, we had a few players out injured. Antonio Brown was out as he's still tending to a minor injury issue. Eddie Vanderdoe suffered a concussion the previous day, which... (laughs) Come on, how do you get a concussion during a practice without pads? He needs to prove that he can stay healthy. We had Quentin Bell, 
Ronald Ollie and Trayvon Mullen, they were all out as well. Although the punting competition isn't stiff, sounds like new guy A.J. Cole is giving second-year player Johnny Townsend a run for his money, so that's definitely something to keep track of. The Oakland Raiders signed free agent defensive tackle Ethan Westbrooks on Tuesday. Westbrooks, the six-foot-four, 287-pound defensive tackle, enters his sixth year in the NFL after spending the first five years of his career with the Rams. In 67 appearances with 11 starts, Westbrooks has compiled 79 tackles, 53 of them being solo, nine sacks, three passes defensed, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. He has also started in one postseason contest in which he recorded three stops. Now, I don't necessarily expect Westbrooks to make the roster, but the fact that we're signing interior defensive linemen means that there could be some cause for concern on the interior of that defensive line. Raiders announced that they will be holding a topping out ceremony on Monday, August 5th, as they complete the last sections of the roof structure on the Las Vegas Stadium. On Tuesday, the Raiders announced they have released defensive lineman and former Last Chance U star, Ronald Ollie. The Raiders held no practice on Wednesday. I believe league rules state that they cannot hold practice every day of the week, so the Raiders chose to take Wednesday off. But even though there wasn't camp, they brought in former Patriots, Bills, and Saints running back Mike Jalisley for a workout. No further action has been announced for the current free agent, though. According to David Carr on the NFL Network, Derek Carr and John Gruden have purchased houses next to each other in Vegas. The quarterback and head coach duo will now be also considered neighbors. That's a bold move for two guys that weren't supposed to get along with each other. The Oakland Raiders signed defensive tackle Anthony Rush, a six foot five, 350-pound defensive tackle enters his fifth season in the NFL after spending the last two seasons of his collegiate career at UAB. In 25 games of the program, Rush posted 77 tackles, including 20 for loss, two sacks, one interception return for a touchdown, one pass defensed with two forced fumbles. As a senior in 2018, he set career marks in tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, and forced fumbles. And like I said earlier, the fact that we're going after interior defensive linemen maybe shows that there's a cause for concern. Maybe not with our starters, maybe not necessarily with Mohurst, PJ Hall, maybe not Jelly, but there's definitely a cause for concern with our interior, with Eddie Vanderdose going out with a concussion and Ronald Ollie really not proving anything to John Gruden and being released. On Thursday, the Oakland Raiders claimed wide receiver Jordan Lasley via waivers from the Baltimore Ravens. Lasley joins the Raiders after spending his rookie season and the 2019 offseason with the Baltimore Ravens. The 6'1", 213-pound receiver has not appeared in an NFL contest, but was on the 53-man active roster for all 16 games last season. In a corresponding move, the Raiders have waived my former Fresno State wide receiver, Brian Burt. I will say one thing about Lasley. He was a pretty high-regarded draft prospect, really talented, but I think he's had a little bit maybe of an anger issue. He had some uh, weird characteristic issues with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I forget what the spat was, maybe throwing a football or something into the stands. Had had some weird issues. It's something I'd have to brush up on. Uh, so Definitely something to keep track of, though. Uh, good little camp body. It just depends on the character concerns. Not going to lie, though, I hope I covered everything because the news this week has been absolutely heavy. Uh, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing. I kind of hope I did miss something because there's so much going on. There's definitely a lot to talk about and probably a lot more uh, that I even could have brought up that's even on the top of my head. But more importantly, I wanted to get through this. There's a lot of Raiders news, of course, but it's still just training camp. There's, you know, you can try and read between the lines now, uh, but when things start getting important, it's in the middle of preseason. So uh, for now, as usual, I got another great guest for us. This guy has been in the works in my head now for a few weeks, and I'm definitely excited to finally get him on the podcast. And first off, special shout out to Fallon Smith for helping me make this happen. Decided to reach out, make sure I could get a fellow Blue Wire podcaster, but more importantly, this guy uh, is a very iconic voice on the NFL Network. 
And one of my favorite players, although he only spent one year with the Raiders, uh, he's a class act. He's your, your prototypical, I guess, locker room player. But I will tell you one thing. I'm expecting a great conversation with him, so I want to jump into it. So we're going to take this quick break, and when we come back, we will be joined by the former Raiders and Packers wide receiver and current NFL Network analyst, James Jones. former Raiders and Packers wide receiver, a man that gave the NFL a nine-year professional career racking up 5,861 yards, 51 touchdowns, the 2012 touchdown reception leader, 13 playoff games, resulting in one Super Bowl championship where he scored two touchdowns, the receiver of Derek Carr's first ever game-winning touchdown, the touchdown machine, and now sports personality on the NFL Network and part of our Blue Wire family, James Jones. What's up, JJ? What's going on, fellas? Man, hey, that's what I talk about. That's an intro right there. I got to hire y'all, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I know you don't get this kind of stuff with Fallon, so I got to make sure I make up for it here on our podcast, you man. You know, yeah, Fallon, Fallon's slacking, man. She got to step her game up, man. She her does. Intros, man. <laughs> no, what's going on? Not much, man. I wanted to thank you again, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on. I know we, I know we operate a little late time, um, and I know you're a busy man, family man, but thanks again for coming on, man. Oh, man, anytime, man. No problem. For sure, dude. Hey, now, first things first. Of course, uh, coming on a Raiders podcast, we're just going to gonna dive in head first, man. You went to the training camp earlier this week. Uh, I think it was maybe Saturday. I think you were up there the day before I went. How was that? Oh, man, it was awesome, man, just going being able to go back, man. I mean where I used to have training camp at, man, up there in yeah. Napa. But, I mean, it was cool just to to, to go out there, man, and, and see the guys get after it a little bit, man. And, you know, the way, the way the network was set up, man, you know, we were right there by the gate watching the guys come in. And as the players came in, I didn't realize the Raiders had that many ballers on the squad, man. Like, yeah. they have a lot of depth. They got a lot of ballers on the squad. And it may not even be big-name guys, but it's a lot of guys on the squad, man, that have made a lot of plays in the National Football League, man. And I'm excited for them, man, just to see them fly around and run around, man. They look good. That's what I'm talking about. And how are my wide receivers looking, man? They look good, man. I mean, I had a chance. You you, you know, already know that I used to train with Ryan Grant, and me and him is – we come from the same cloth, same wide receiver coach in uh, Keith Williams. So um, I got a chance to talk to him and catch up with him, man. And people don't understand how good of a route runner he is in the slot. And then to add on that, man, you got Hunter Renfro, man, who is I, – I, I said this before, but I think he might be the next Wells Welker, man. I think he's he got talent to, to run every route from the slot, uh, understands concept, understands how to separate from DBs, uh, not the biggest guy, but extremely smart. And uh, Derek Carr was coming to him out there. I and mean, then obviously, you know, you got businesses booming on the outside yeah. with AB, and then you got big boy Tyrell Williams, who is who's a guy, man. I was I, I had a chance to to play with him in San Diego when I was there for training camp, and and he's everything you want in a big boy with speed on the outside, man. So the receivers, man, is is going to be the strong point of the team, man. A lot of depth there. A lot of guys that can make a lot of plays. I was going to say, man, we're definitely deep, and I'm not sure if you've caught up with the NFL Top 100 yet. I know you and Fallon have argued this before. Uh, you know, it's kind of more, it's hard to justify a top five wide receiver group, yeah. but arguably, I would say you're looking at one and two. You're looking at AB and DeAndre Hopkins, and according to the NFL Top 100, AB came in at number seven overall, the highest wide receiver. He was the number one wide receiver voted. How do you feel about that, man? Uh, man, first off, it's I mean, when you talk about wide receiver play, you talk about the when you start getting into the top five. I mean, it's so many guys that are interchangeable, man, in that top five, man, because it's it's really you know depending on what you like in a wide receiver. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some guys might like I want a big body, I want a guy who can run fast and is, and is big. So you might want Julio. Some guys is like, man, no, I need a quick, fast. You know what I mean? 
guy like AB. You know what I mean? So it all depends what you want. But listen, AB is well-deserved of that spot right there at the top because it is year in and year out that he delivers. It ain't no... It ain't no every other year I'm going to give you what you want. It's every year he steps on that field, he gives you what you want. He's always available, and everybody knows on that field he's going to get the ball, and he still delivers, man. So, yes, well-deserved for him being up there, top wide receiver in the National Football League, man. It's you know, And it's voted on by the peers, man. So, you know, it's, it's much respect. Good stuff right there. And we obviously had an overhaul at wide receiver this last year. Almost every single wide receiver on the roster now was not on the roster last year besides maybe a couple guys like Marcel Aitman. You know, and they're going to be battling for a roster spot. But the most controversial move, and, you know, I don't really talk about this on the podcast, surprisingly, but the most controversial move was Amari Cooper. Now, the thing is, um, it really wasn't controversial until this offseason where, you know, he kind of started – he couldn't stop talking about the Raiders for whatever reason. Yeah. Is he doing that to maybe put on a show from Jerry Jones? I kind of want to know, you know, from your perspective as a former NFL wide receiver, does he just kind of maybe feel some type of way, disrespected? JJ, how do you feel about, you know, the offseason comments? You know, I think it's, I think it's a little bit of both, man. I think it's the way things ended for him. I mean, if you really think about it, man, to, to start to when Gruden first got there, all he was preaching was, Amari Cooper is going to be the focus of the offense. We've got yeah. to find ways to get Amari Cooper the ball and get him involved. And as the season went on, it didn't happen like that. And, you know, it was, you know, some talk that, no, he's not going nowhere. He's a Raider. We're going to make sure we get him going. And, you know, he's good. And the next thing you know, he's traded. And then you get to a team and you start balling and, you know, it's contract year for you. And, you know, I mean, you want to get paid. You want to say the right things about the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, and, and things like that. And, at, I mean, I, I just truly believe that he's still kind of – I think he's kind of hurt by it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just how, how all the things unfolded with the Raiders. And then, you know, you go to the Dallas Cowboys and you ball out. So, you know, you're going to say stuff that, you know, you probably shouldn't say, you know, on TV or on the radios. You know, you keep that in-house. But, uh, you know, you could tell he was kind of wearing it on his sleeve and it was kind of bothering him a little bit and he needed to, needed to get it out, man. But, um, no, I'm, I'm one of those receivers who, if I leave, I'm done with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm done with you. Like, if I, if I leave the Raiders, go to the Packers, there's no need for me to talk about the Raiders no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or vice versa. If I leave the Packers, go to Ra- there's no need for me to talk about the Packers anymore unless I'm talking good about some of my teammates and, you know, something like that. But, you know, so as for Coop, man, I just, when I heard the comments that he said, I just felt like he was basically letting the Dallas Cowboys know, like, I want to be a cowboy for life. Thank you. You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. for for giving me the opportunity, and and that's kind of how he felt towards the Raiders. Yeah, as a fan, it was a little controversial for us, but I think mainly even too, I, that was kind of the attitude that we wish he had kind of carried. I think earlier on as a Raider, we thought he needed a little bit more grit to him, a little bit more, a little more mouth on him. You know, he carried himself real humbly. We thought, but it's all right. He moved on to Dallas. Um, hopefully, you know. He gets paid over there. Hopefully Jerry takes care of him. And I just got a couple more questions for you, man, regarding the Raiders. And I know you are a big DC supporter. Yeah. What's his nickname, man? Baby A-Rod. That's Baby A-Rod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were attached to, to Baby A-Rod's hip during his rookie year. And I want to know from your camp visit, what differences do you see in him out there on the practice field now compared to his rookie year? I think the biggest difference that I see right now, and it's, and it's night and day, is he's comfortable. You know, he's he, he breaks the huddle, and he automatically knows what the play is going to be. He automatically knows what Gruden's going to call. They have a feel for each other, and I just think the learning curve is done for him in Gruden's offense. And you can tell by – and the, the main reason you can tell is when a quarterback starts switching up the snap count, that means mm-hmm. he's extremely comfortable. You know there what I go. mean? Because – if you come out of the huddle and one time you go on two, the next time you go on three, next time you might go on four, you know that that's letting me know that you're extremely comfortable with the playbook because you're you're not even thinking about it. You're just thinking about what the defense is running and how to how to and and really how to who's going to be open in certain coverages. You know what I mean? And when I went out there for the training camp, he's switching up the snap count. He's smiling. As he's out yeah. there, you know, he's yelling. He talking trash to people out there on the defense. He's throwing bombers. He's throwing 
little short slant, and the ball is coming out of his hands extremely fast. And yeah. when I was with Derek Carr as a rookie, that is what he was special at doing. And that's why as a rookie, he was sacked a few times because he was special at getting the ball out of his hands. And his rookie year, they made it real simple on him. Boom, take what's there, and he was getting the ball out of his hands. And I think now year two in Gruden's system, he's extremely comfortable. Him and Gruden know what they each other like, and the ball's coming out fast, and he just looks way more confident and comfortable out there. I love it. Everyone's kind of calling this a prove-it year, saying that he's got everything around him, no more excuses. But the way I see it is, man, now we can finally, I think, enjoy it. We can enjoy it to, to his fullest potential, his second year in the system. Everything that we've been wanting is coming to fruition, so I'm just ready to enjoy this year with Derek Carr under center. And I, one last thing I want to ask you about this Raiders team. Um, I'm just going to go straight to the top here. Mark Davis, how has he done changing the culture and the direction of this franchise? Will things, in your opinion be running at full speed whenever they get to Vegas next year? Oh, absolutely, man. I had a chance to talk to him, too. Um, when I was down there, I went, you know, I always, you know, bug everybody while I'm down there. So I got a chance <laughs> to talk to Mark, man. He's he's extremely, extremely excited, man. I mean, and, I mean, he's ready for the move to Vegas, but, shoot, he's extremely excited about this team this year, man. He couldn't, he couldn't stop bragging about all the players, all the guys that they've brought in there, all the things that Mayock and Gruden has done. So, so he's he he's extremely excited, but to me it's not even about Mark, man. This this Raiders football team is gonna take on the personality of Gruden. Um and, you know, as a head coach, I mean that's what you want. You want your team to have, you know, your personality and, and be molded the way you want to mold them. And, you know, as the owner, you just sit up there and be like, Look, I brought Gruden in, I we brought Mayock in and you know, I brought the right guys in here to get this thing going and to build a winning team this year and then when they get to Vegas, man, just just hit the ground running. There we go. I guess I got mad respect for you, JJ, because you know, we talk about, you know, past wide receivers maybe maybe being a little weird about their old teams. You played for the Raiders, of course. You had a you had a great career. Great career. But your I mean, your tenure with the Raiders was no fairy tale. You know, so you could have any you have any right to be, you know, just as mad as any other wide receiver. But I love that you're still getting on the mic. You're telling, you're, you're just spitting the truth. You're not letting anything blind you. Um, and I want to speak maybe about your, your your short stay here in the silver and black and what you did. I'm going I'm to test your memory a little bit here. You ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. I might be, instead of testing your memory, I might be bragging about you a little bit. Now, uh, do you remember the game that you guys played the Jets? Yes, open first game of the season. First game of the season. First and yeah. 10 on the 30-yard line. You got your guy boxed out running down the sideline. What happened in the corner of the end zone right there, JJ? Um, you know what? I still don't know what happened. I do oh, not know I do not know how I caught that ball, man. As, <laughs> as DC threw that ball up, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, how am I going to get to this ball? Because the DB was on the outside of me. The ball was going to the outside. I'm like, yep. how in the world am I going to get to this ball? Ooh. So I kept just trying to box him out, man, and push myself to the corner, and I just stuck my hand up, man. And if the ball wasn't a spiral and if it, it would have hit any other part of my hand, it would have <laughs> bounced right off my hand. But I was able to catch the tip, man. The tip landed right in the middle of my palm, man, and I was able to catch the tip and squeeze it, man, and bring it in. Ooh, man, that was, that was, I think, maybe – that was one of my favorite two catches. The other one here, man, it's, uh, it's probably it, it's definitely one of the favorites of my career, man. It, it, there you it's go. Up there. It, it, it's one or two up there. Well, I got I got another one here for you. You might remember. You, you guys had a game in Miami. Yeah, I'm sure you remember Miami. I'm yeah, I'm almost positive you guys were wearing the black uniforms over there. It's probably in, in London. Yep. There you go. Now you were running down the sideline. You sim- you simply just beat your man around the outside. You outran him. The ball was just yeah. a little far, but JJ decides that he's going to stretch out, <laughs> and you got yourself, uh, man. I'm telling you, Odell Beckham. Who? I mean, there was yeah. you were catching one-handers long before this guy. What's up, hey, man? Hey, I, I try, I try to tell my kids that, man, but they don't believe Daddy still. Has, <laughs> they don't believe Daddy had it like that. But what I try to tell them, man, you catch like your dad, man, not Odell, <laughs> man. But it's crazy because that play. All week long, Coach Olson, Coach Greg Olson was like, "Dude, we starting the game." And we're running bombers, and I'm Ooh. like, "Thank you, man. We're gonna score a touchdown <laughs> on the first first play." So I'm telling DC, I said, "DC, you shouldn't throw this thing to nobody else, but come over here, <laughs> come over here to your boy." And I 
<laughs> and I always used to tell him it, I always used to tell him at practice him and Coach Olsen like man get the ball to Booby you know Friday Night Lights I'm like <laughs> I'm like get the ball to Booby man yeah. and I'll take you there man so he came out he he threw it and I was like man if I drop this ball I will never hear the end of it from D.C. Argos so I stretched out man and was able to make a play on it I freaking love it man those those no doubt iconic catches man those, those stuck in my brain that's why you're the, you're the best number 89 right there to suit up in the silver and black but i'm gonna tell you one more thing uh i already asked you this question whenever i was on your podcast but i, I want to hear it i want you to tell me one more time i want my listeners to hear this game winner i'm not gonna say the record i'll, I'll say it. i said it on your <laughs> podcast i'm not gonna say it on my podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, we no, uh it was stressful for all of us we're uh we're in oakland playing kansas city we needed this win i mean i repeat we needed this win and you're down there uh you know maybe a minute or so on the clock yeah and i see a wide open number 89 catching a touchdown in the back of the end zone to win the game james can you walk me through how you got so wide open man so so we put that we put that play in and it was just a regular stick route. And for those who don't know, a stick route is five yards and break out and run out. And the guy on the outside of you has a has a go route. And his job is to go outside the corner, so he forces the corner to turn his hips and run with you and basically turn his back to me so I can run the out route. Now, that was Derek Carr's rookie year, so they did not really all season allow him to audible. They just had built-in audibles through, through the play for him. And this particular game, they told Derek Carr, if you see this coverage in the red zone, check Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and, Mi- and Mickey Mouse is a out and up. So, you know, my normal job was to run just a five-yard out. And as the, as the guy lined up, I remember it was Parker over me, and he lined up outside of me. And in my head, I'm thinking, like, how in the world am I going to run an out route? And he's outside leverage on me. I'm like, dang, I'm covered, so that means he got to go to somebody else. I look at D.C., and he checks Mickey Mouse. (laughs) He puts the Mickey Mouse ears up, and he checks Mickey Mouse. And in my head, I'm like, I am about to kill this dude. (laughs) He doesn't even really know what's going to happen right now because he's going to think he ran the out route for me, and I'm going to run that out and up, and I'm going to kill him. And it played out just like that. In my head, I just was like, because at the time, Coach Gilmore was our receivers coach, and he told us in the meeting, if he checks Mickey Mouse and we get the right coverage, please do not rush the out and up and let him cover you. Take your time breaking down, and I promise you, you'll be wide open. So in my head, I'm just thinking, like, do not rush it. I mean, I know it looks sexy. It looks, you can get open fast, but do not rush it. Take your time. And I took my time, man, and was able to beat him up on the route, man, and be wide open in the back of the end zone. That's what I'm talking about, man. That was that was big time. I just had a guest on, I think it was my last episode. I'm like, you know what? Maybe not every season's a success, but even watching stuff like that as Raiders fans, that was like a uh, that's like a mini Super Bowl for us, man. We enjoyed man, every it, minute. It was of that. our Super Bowl, man, because <laughs> I mean, you you work so hard, you grind in practice, you know what I mean? You think every week is your week that you're going to mm-hmm. get out that hole. And then it was like, boom, finally it started to come together, man, and we got up out that hole and got us a win. That's some good stuff, man. I love I love that story. I'm gonna that's the that's the name of this uh episode actually. I'm gonna call that Mickey Mouse, man. But I'm I'm there gonna wrap go, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, I tell you. <laughs> throw up the ears, man. And I wanna I wanna wrap this up with you, JJ. Thanks for coming on here, man. And uh I was really excited, you know, having the opportunity because one, you played for the Raiders. Yeah. Two, I think you kinda have the same outlook as me on this current team, and three my grandma was a huge Packers fan, so I can at least still appreciate your entire career. You know, I don't have any bitter feelings. I can still deal with it. Yeah, and and, and mainly, bro, is I know that it's sometimes it's bigger than football. That's what we love. That's why we listen to this show. You know, we love the sport. The fame is fun, I'm sure. I'm sure you love the game. But more importantly, you know, I, I feel like I think you loved giving your family something that maybe you never had as a kid. And that's stability. You know, that's from your success. Can you explain you know, just a little bit, what that means to you, you know, succeeding for your family? Oh, man, it's huge, man. A lot of people, you know, don't know the way I grew up, man, growing up homeless, you know, in the Bay Area in San Jose. 
And, you know, just, you know, being a little kid and, you know, me and my mom, you know, going from homeless shelters or homeless shelter and things like that, man, my, my dream was always to make it to the National Football League and, you know, really, you know, buy her a house and take care of her. And then, you know, once I got married and my little kids came out and all that type of stuff, man, mm-hmm. all the motivation and everything changed, man. And, you know, my main motivation was, you know, was them and to make sure that they will never have to go through what I go through and that they would definitely have a better life, you know, or childhood than I had, man. So, you know, that was my main motivation. Even even Aaron Rodgers would tell you, man, when, when the kids came out, he said, I just turned into a totally different player. Like, who yeah. <laughs> Who who was who was this guy, man? But no, it means everything for me, man. And my my kids come home, man, and you know they they live in a nice house, man, and they you know got unlimited food and snacks in the in the refrigerator and the pantry, man, and and you know they think like that's how it's supposed to be, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? yeah. And you know they don't they don't know how daddy grew up, like man, you know, shoot, there's kids out there who don't got this, man, but just for them me to be able to provide for them and for them to be able to because that is how it's supposed to be, man. You're supposed yeah. to be taken care of. You're supposed to have all the things that they have, man, and be able to live a, a good life as as a child, man. So, you know, I'm humbled. I'm blessed to be able to provide for them, man, and, and make sure they, they get everything they need. There we go, man. A lot of fans like to see these NFL players that just think they make a lot of money, but some of them I think appreciate every dollar, and you're one of them. And that's awesome, man. You got to you got you fulfilled your dreams, and not only your dreams, you fulfilled your family. So I'm I'm it's super cool to hear that kind of stuff. That's why I mainly wanted to ask you that question, JJ. I got a million ways I could say see you later, but I tell you what, these Raiders are back, man. And I know you're on board, you and Fallon over there at keeping it 300. Are, are are you know really back in the Raiders? You're back in the Packers also, but I love it, man. And I'm sure we'll be in touch yes. throughout the season, man. Oh, absolutely, man. And I I, ca- I called it now, man. I'm gonna call it again on your podcast, man. Raiders Packers Super Bowl. Let's go. I'm telling you, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. I love it. I love it. I I, I think oh, we yeah. we got we got the we got the firepower to make a run. And uh, like I said, you know, my grandma was a Packers fan. I can I can get behind your bold your yeah. bold prediction there, man. And 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 like I tell people all the time too, man. A lot of people don't understand. You can have all the talent in the world you want, but the teams that ride for each other, the teams that's close, those are the teams that do special stuff, man. And if you walk on that field in Oakland. Them dudes is brothers. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. it is it is ride or die for each other, man. And you see it early in training camp, you know, and and that's when you when you when you start doing special stuff. There we go. I'm loving it. For everyone listening here that doesn't already follow James on Twitter, make sure you follow him at 89JamesNTAF. He never posts on Twitter, but he will share his podcast whenever <laughs> Fallon makes him. So make sure you follow him on Twitter, man. And uh besides that, catch him on the NFL network. JJ, thanks again for coming on, man, and we'll see you later, bro. Not a problem, man. Anytime, man. Appreciate you. I told you guys from the get-go, I was expecting a great conversation with my guy, JJ. He did not disappoint. This guy's a natural. Um, after spending a lot of time now with the NFL Network and working with Fallon Smith, who I think um, is you know similar to talking to me, I think the conversation went great, um, and I love his appreciation for the Raiders still. Even though, you know, that wasn't the majority of his career. That's not where everything has settled in with for him. Uh, But I I greatly appreciate it. Make sure you guys give him a follow on Twitter and check him out on the NFL Network. And do not miss him on Keeping It 300, uh, the Blue Wire podcast that covers the Raiders and the Packers. But I will say they are very Raiders heavy. Now, real quick, I'm going to bring on Kenny King here pretty soon and an anonymous special guest. But first, we're going to take a short break provided by Blue Wire. And when we come back, we will jump into some more training camp talk. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors, it's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. 
Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. Now let's get back to business. Like I said, we're going to bring Kenny King in here. We're going to jump into some real talk. We're going to break down these training camp battles and what we saw. And we're going to go ahead and drag in an anonymous guest uh, that tagged along with us on Sunday at training camp in Napa. He actually went ahead and he stayed one more night, uh, hung out. Checked it out on Monday. Might even be going to some more. We'll see what's going on. Uh, but we're definitely, I'm excited for this. So let's go ahead. Let's quit wasting time. Let's go ahead and get Kenny King in here. Yo, what's up, my brother? How you doing, fam? I'm pretty good, man. And guess what, dude? I got tired of talking to just you, Kenny. Nah, man, I'm just Aww. kidding. But we got a buddy of ours that, you know, showed up to training camp with us on Sunday. So we thought, you know what? Hey, this guy can talk some football. So let's welcome in Mr. Matt Fallon, a.k.a. Fallonator007. What's up, dude? What's up, my Gs? What's, <laughs> what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Man, I just got done with this body pump, dude. <laughs> a little sore, a little sore. I refrain. I refrain. I figured uh, since most of Twitter probably has you either blocked or muted, I figured I'd let them get on here and and talk so they can actually hear your voice, maybe hear your real opinion. <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want that. You know, I will say that that Fallonator is uh, definitely a different person in person than yeah. he is online. But uh, you know, I, I'm glad that we have him on the show because he's a great dude. So thanks for coming yeah. on, Matt. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, he didn't punch me in the face like he said he was on Twitter, so I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful. Um, I'll tell you what, guys. First off, obviously, what the heck is up with Antonio Brown's feet? Bro. Dude. I thought what? I had the nastiest feet in the world. Uh, you know, I've I've got years of athlete's foot just built up on that thing. My daughter has uh, looked at those and projectile vomited, and uh, you know what? He makes me feel like a supermodel. Dude, I could not figure out what in the heck is going on down there i mean nobody knows uh, does anybody even know a beach workout beach workout dude something something happened. that makes sense that makes sense you know that it may have been that maui workout that uh that he did that just hasn't healed because he just trains 24 I mean, 7 <laughs> the dude was getting it in on on ig live at 10 45 when i'm laying in bed watching freaking <laughs> uh, i won't tell you what i was watching i was watching a lifetime <laughs> movie okay i was watching a lifetime movie Hey, but Kenny, did you know that uh, Juju Smith won the, the team MVP for the Steelers, though? <laughs> <laughs> while while he? he was dancing to Kerry Hilson and driving around with uh, a bedroom toy on his car. <laughs> oh, shoot. After coming in number 47 on the prom's top 100 list. Who was who was, uh, who was the top receiver on that, by the way? Oh, you know what? Um, I was just talking to James about this. It was that, that guy. We were just talking about him. What's his name? He's a cancer, right? He's uh, the GOAT, right? No, Antonio Brown, that guy. That's yeah. right. <laughs> but speaking of camp, obviously, you see that for whatever reason, John Gruden really implemented one-on-ones this week. So I kind of want to tax like, these three position groups that I think were the most affected by these drills. And first, I want to talk about corner. Um, my, you know, I'd say not my opinion, but some of the most popular opinion that I'm seeing on Twitter is that Gary Conley is struggling early on in training camp. Uh, that's a no for me. I'll say, you know, come on now. It's it's training Hard camp. Practice. That's that's why you call it practice. You, you think he's going to go out there and dominate AB, uh, Tyro Williams, or one-on-one. You know what I mean? You put him in cover zero, he's not going to not gonna make a difference. But I will tell no, you. I, I think Kenny will agree with me that at practice, Conley looks like the best DB on the field. He looks oh, great. Yeah. He looks great. And I'll tell you, for me, at least, I'm happy that he got through the first week at camp healthy for the first time in his career so you know I, I you know it's either the uh the new training staff or the fact that he just really did not want to play for del rio but i i feel that conley has just become the guy that everybody thought he was i mean he's out of dbu uh ohio state and i'm not a big ohio state fan obviously but you know the guy has been he's been solid uh through camp and so i'm excited to see what he's gonna do 
There you go. So what do you think about the position group as a whole, guys? Uh, you know, one of the things that I that I noticed was the position group has significantly improved over last year. You know, last year we went in and there were a lot of question marks behind that, that group. And I think that this year we were going in with kind of a set uh, set starters. I think Carl Joseph made a name for himself last year and has obviously earned that starting role. I think Jonathan Abrams come in and, and um, has taken on that 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 opposite role outside of uh, Carl Joseph. But for corners, the guy that stands out to me, and you know he's listed as a safety, but he's a corner. Uh, it's Lamarcus Joyner. And the reason why he stands out is not only because of the plays that he's making on the field uh, during practice, but it's also what he's doing with the rookie Hunter Renfro. He has been tasked with making Hunter a better slot receiver in the NFL. Now, slot. Now, Hunter has always been a great slot in in college. There's no doubt about that. But what he's doing right now is, and the quote that got me is that he said, "You know what you're going to see." What you're going to see today is what you're going to see on Sunday. And if you can beat me, you can beat anybody in this league. And that speaks volumes to what he's going to do. There we go. What about you, uh, Mr. Fallonator? What stands out to you for the cornerback group? Well, as a DB group as a whole, it's the best we've had, I think, in 10 years. But uh, I think people are forgetting that they you know, went out and signed Nevin Lawson. Yep. They drafted Trayvon Mullen. They drafted Isaiah Johnson. Mm-hmm. They signed Marcus Joyner. So clearly uh, Gruden wasn't happy with the play last year. And uh, I think being at camp, it showed like you know that the aggressiveness is there and the coaching staff has these guys listening. And I talked to you about it a little bit, but Isaiah Johnson stands out like a sore Ooh. thumb. He's yeah. 6'5", like 220. And uh, he's long. You know, Gunther likes a long, lanky corner. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't had that since he's been here. So uh, that's my guy to look out for. I think he can sneak into the lineup a little bit. Yeah, the dude is fast, too. He's definitely raw. Uh, you look at him as, as a prospect similar to Trayvon Mullen. And I really like Trayvon Mullen. I mean, he's, he's been a little quiet. I think he sat out one uh, one practice with a little injury. But it's cool that he almost kind of has like like a hip attachment to A.B. It seems like those two, they get on the field together. And Mullen's trying well, to learn everything that he possibly too. can. Yeah, exactly, man. So exactly. He's, I mean, he's, six, he's about the same size as Johnson. I think Johnson has a couple inches on him. But... uh I think that um, I was talking to somebody about it earlier. I think that uh, the surprise cut people might, might be shocked about is Daryl Worley might not make it. Ooh, I think there's too much compet- I think there's too much competition for him this year, and he didn't play over. Uh, he didn't play overly well last year. I got and, you. I uh, think it's at least it comes down to this year for sure. I will say that for Daryl Worley. So Matt, do yeah, you I mean, think uh, Daryl Worley's going to follow the same route that uh, that David Emerson fell, where he had a mm. decent year, earned a contract, and then just kind of fell flat? Well, his year wasn't even close to that one Amerson had. He, yeah. he was very average last year. And uh, I think that, you know, last year he was our, you know, starter because we didn't have anything coming into camp to right. compete with him. And then this year you have, you know, Nevin Lawson. Everybody just forgets about him. And, you know, he, he hasn't been talked about much in the first week of camp. And, you know, he's going to compete for a spot. And Mullen's going to compete for a spot. Johnson's going to compete for a spot. But, you know, you're pretty much locked in with Joyner and Conley. But that outside spot, I wouldn't be surprised if Mullen takes it. Yeah, I agree with that. So I want it's good that we can hit on this because I felt like corners were the spotlight, I think, through the week. They had the most pressure on their shoulders to perform, uh, especially with this firepower of an offense that it seems like we're unleashing in practice. Uh, but now, since we put the pads on for the first time on Monday, uh, the offensive line and the defensive line have been going to work. Both position groups uh, were our worst last year. So, what is your early takeaway from this week? Kenny King, since you're built like an offensive-defensive lineman, what's, we'll let you go first. What's your opinion, man? <clears throat> okay, first first of all, I, uh, I'm i not built like an offensive lineman. I'm built like a defensive lineman. I'm, I have more <laughs> muscle on my frame, okay? And so, a, you, you, you and wouldn't I'm get smarter. built like Rodney? You tell that to Rodney? I wouldn't tell that to Rodney. I wouldn't tell <laughs> any derogatory term to, to Rodney or even Gabe. But I will maybe say it to Colton. Like, I think I could deal yeah. with Colton. He's been drinking but, his protein shakes, man. I don't know. And I would definitely tell it to Donald Penn because I saw his picture while oh. he was at practice against the Reds or for the Redskins. And uh, yeah. He's enjoying anyway, semi-retirement too much. Yeah, well, he's enjoying semi-retirement and that divorce life. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, real talk. Sorry. Anything goes. <laughs> I tell you. So what do you. So what do you think, Kenny? First off, I guess I'll ask you specifically. Defensive line, 13 sacks last year. How are we looking now? 
We look better than we did last year. I'll tell you right now. There's going to be there's going to be a guy on this squad that's going to get 13 sacks. Could they not look? Could they not? Could they look any worse than last year? I was going to say, don't set the bar too high. I don't. No, honestly, I don't think with the squad, with the defensive line that we have right now, they could. If everybody stays healthy, I don't think there's a way possible that they could look worse than they did last year. Last year was an abomination. I'll say I'll take it for what it is. Take I'll take my my Homer fan off, my Homer fan hat off. I'll take every single bit of Raider Nation off. Our defensive line last year was trash. Mm-hmm. It was complete garbage. There were bright spots here and there, but we put together what we could because we lost the best defensive player in the league and we lost the best defensive player in the league's Who? best friend. Mario Edwards who played, who, <laughs> who played really well when Khalil was there. But as soon as Khalil left and he got that C on his chest, he dropped the ball and became the biggest cancer that I've seen since Deadpool. Look, man, Mario Edwards Jr. <laughs> and Jahad Ward were not that bad after they left. I don't know what you're talking Jihad about. Jahad Ward wasn't great, but you're talking about Nico Audrey. Nico Audrey oh. went off, dude. Nico, oh, Nico went yeah. Off. Yeah. But everybody it, it, knew that. Like, every, every, like, he was, like, I think the Twitter crush for everybody. Like, Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and then he just never really got a shot here, so... Yeah, when he came in on rotation, so. he played really well. But what about you, Falinator? You're looking at this defensive line as a whole. Uh, what, what players are standing out to you, or should I say, are, do you have any players that you're hoping make a leap and step up and, and turn this thing around? I think it's the same as um, pretty much every position group with them. Is there's you know their second and third year guys really have to step up, and I mean you're looking at a guy like Eddie Vanderdose, who he's I think he's on his way uh, out here yeah. the next couple of weeks. Uh, but you know they, uh, they they're young everywhere, so. You need somebody Dude. like PJ Hall to step up and make an impact, but uh, you know, because you got Jelly Ellis and Jonathan Hankins, who you kind of know what you're going to get from those guys. But like Maurice Hurst, I probably I, I expect him to get about ten and a half sacks out of that. We need him too. there, just based on having you know what we have on the outside. So yeah, yeah, I no, he, he played I'm, good. I'm dis- he played good for us last year, but when he needs to step up, that's that's the thing. Is he was he looked promising. But he needs to make that leap for Mo Hurst to, you know, really confirm that this guy is the real deal inside. So that's what yeah, I'm looking for, Yeah, and I think for, make man. or break on the defensive end position. I mean, I don't think Farrell's going to come in and have a, a crazy good year because, mm-hmm. I mean, Khalil Mack didn't, you know, and it doesn't usually happen that way. Khalil Mack had four sacks his rookie year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they're, they need to rely a little bit on Arden Key. I mean, he, last year, mm-hmm. I mean, he had, I think, I counted 16 times that he got to the quarterback and couldn't <laughs> yeah. finish the sack. He's the almost so, I mean, sack leader of the NFL. Him. Yeah, I mean, he had one sack, I think one and a half sacks last year is what I saw. Yeah, and, uh, yeah Arden, Key, I remember- Arden Key would be like the world's worst wingman. 16 oh. times you get to the quarterback, but you don't seal the deal. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, you know, he's like the Colton Miller of the defense to me. It's like, you know, uh, well, I'll get on Colton Miller when I get to the offensive line because everybody knows how I feel about him. So. Yeah. But uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's the, my, like my, you know, dark horse for the defensive line is Arden Key because, uh, I don't think you want to rely too much on these rookies, and you're not going to get much out of Mayawa and Mora. So you're, you need something out of Arden Key, and I think that I think he'll actually come through. So. Yeah, I think the theme for our defensive line is the second-year leap. Now turning over to the offensive line, which has, in my opinion, been really shining through camp. Uh, and this is, guys, this is what I hate about training camp. You see them facing off against each other, and you see one of the players making a great play, but you don't know, is it the offensive player playing really well or is it just the defensive player either way it seems like our offensive line is definitely promising from last year uh we've talked about the ratio you can't only get 13 sacks while giving up 52 sacks um so looking at the guys that came in maybe looking at you know what first guys i'm gonna ask you weeks one and two uh who is gonna be the starting offensive guard uh i think it's gonna end up well i think good's gonna be hurt so i think you're gonna end up with jonathan cooper there for the first two weeks what about you? What do you yeah. think, King? Yeah, I don't think Cotton's ready. Uh, oh. As much as I would love to say it, I, I don't think Cotton's ready. Uh, I would love to see him there, but I'm not going to put him against the Denver Broncos. I'm not going to put it against Kansas City no, Chiefs. Oh, man. So it's going to be Coop. Or, he's he's or, sitting there next to the best center in the league, Kenny King. The best center in the all the, We put that little meatball. the NFL Top 100. Okay, screw the NFL top 100. Uh, That's why I, don't think, I don't think it matters who starts at that position, honestly, for two, for two weeks because we have Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson there to help him. So. I'm telling you, you so just that's, put... That's my thing. Is I, would rather put, I would rather slide Gabe to left guard. 
Yeah, you see. But that coach isn't going to do it. No, not now. Not with Richie coming back anyways. But I will say. Which I I think is going to be the move of the year. Richie incognito. Oh, He's looking good, man. But I I, I don't know. Weeks one and two, I think you just put your, your strongest, your best little meatball there right there in the middle. And hopefully, as long as Colton Miller can hold his own. As long as he can do that, uh, Rodney Hudson will take care of everything on the inside. So I have I'm, a lot uh, of I'm excited to eat about Colton Miller if he produces well, which I will gladly do. So hey, right now uh, he's weight's proving him pretty good. If he's if he, I mean, if this is the route that he's taken, luckily they brought in the perfect guy to help him deal with that. Trent right. Brown is literally like the biggest dude I've seen in my life. I seen Colton oh, Miller face to face, and he looked huge. Last year. Now I'm looking at Trent Brown from 50 yards away. I'm like, that dude is a freaking monster. Like it, it makes Colt Miller look like a normal, like an average tackle. It's freaking nuts. You see him standing next to Hunter Renfro at camp. He's like, Hunter Renfro <laughs> looks like a kid. <laughs> dude, when hilarious. I saw when I saw Trent Brown give Max Crosby that punch, and Max Crosby got the whiplash, and his head went back, his arms didn't even fly to his chest they just flew outward Trent Brown is going to be a force yeah he's got a heck of a punch I, I, and speaking of maybe that's how uh, you know we're wondering how Eddie Vanderdose got a concussion maybe that's how he got that concussion he must have lined up with uh, Trent Brown Eddie I, saw, I got... saw Vanderdose get his concussion I, I, I was sitting next to Kenny and I said like uh, I think Vanderdose was walking off with the trainers <laughs> you know and uh, <laughs> it was during the, it was during like the non-contact running back drills like how, that's what fell, I'm saying. How do you get down, a concussion you know? without the pads on and you're not even – goodness gracious. Well, see, Vander- last year I could understand it. Last year I could understand because, I, you know, we had Kelsey Martinez on the training staff. So a lot of guys wanted to get hurt just to spend time with Kelsey. Yeah. This oh, year I don't know why Eddie, call Eddie's getting hurt. Movement on you, Kenny. you can call him on me. I, <laughs> I am not governed by those rules. <laughs> I'm sorry this, uh, this message is not – reflective of uh, blue wire pods raiders beat or the raider cody podcast <laughs> statements are my own of uh own volition of at kenny king underscore junior and uh, i take full responsibility for my actions okay. i need to get like a master copy of that and start pasting that <laughs> right before we start real talk please do not talk about the things that we talk about around your family i thought you should have, uh, give a war- like a really big warning that i was coming on because <laughs> no you know like- what if it was on, listener, uh, first time caller. <laughs> if this was a Twitter podcast, I, I'd I'd be worried. I'd fi- I'd figure you'd take on every single Chiefs fan. Um, who you had a you had a trifecta going on the other day. You had yourself okay, a triathlon. Off, can't, we have a passionate fan base, so you can't say anything yeah. negative about Carr, which is fine. But uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, everybody oh, wants goodness. to come at me about him. But you start you find yourself arguing with twelve year olds all day, and it's a waste of time. So I'm gonna I've turned a new leaf. There we go. Welcome to Twitter. Yeah, you're you're cleaning up a little bit, Matt. Actually, you are um, testing out a little bit of writing, right? Did I see an article pop through on the Raider Ramble the other day? Yeah, first first one, but uh, hopefully more to come. So there we go. I'm sure you'll find a spot, whether it's with them or with whatever you do. Uh, it was a good piece, and it was a good topic to hit on. And right now is the perfect time because man, these just the announcements that I'm going through for this week. Holy freaking smokes. I've never had this much to talk about since I started the podcast. So, um, But i tell you what, guys. One last topic. Kenny King, Melvin Gordon. Who <laughs> man. His agent has requested a trade out of L.A. What do you think about this little sucker leaving the AFC West? First and foremost, his agent's name is Bilbo. Bilbo. So, his, his name is Bilbo. I don't know if it's first name or last name. Is but apparently joke? his agent is not able to secure the Baggins. So let's start with that. <laughs> the name of Bilbo, you got to be able to do that at least. Goodness I mean, his, I mean, the, Melvin Gordon's about the like maybe like the seventh or eighth best running back in football, and he wants to get paid like the best running back in football. And Austin Eckler is not that much worse than Melvin Gordon. Austin and Eckler isn't that's, bad. That's a hot take, but like they won't lose much with him. So he's I don't not see, bad. He's not I don't bad. See, but like, I think why they would sign that. Why why they would sign him is a huge deal, and I don't see why he would take anything less than twelve. So I, I'm on both. It's like a kind of like you're on both sides there, you know. Well, and I think that's the issue. Is I think that you know I think that I don't know what he's asking for, obviously, but apparently the Chargers aren't moving off of ten, and if if twelve is his number, then move up to twelve. The guy's worth twelve million dollars. Pay the guy, nah. but at the same time, but at the Let same time, <laughs> no. I'm obviously, as as a Raider fan, 
hey, take as much time as you need. Yeah. Do you, King. Do you. Gordon, yeah. be, hey, be a strong black man. Don't succumb to the man. Don't let Dean Spano tell you what to do. You know what? Honestly, real talk. The guy is worth the money. And Yeah, but Dean Spanos, is, you're talking about Dean Spanos. So. Exactly. But yeah, guys, of course we have training camp underway. Um, we've pretty much had an exciting week of Raiders football and Raiders news. Uh, but coming up next, Matt, thanks for coming on. But for coming up next, this Tuesday, Hard Knocks is going to be coming on HBO, 10 p.m. Make sure you guys subscribe on HBO. Um, see what's going on. But Kenny King, do you have a message here? Uh, first for your buddy Matt for coming on, but do you have a message for Raider Nation watching Hard Knocks this week? Yeah, let's first and foremost let's uh, let me give a shout out to my boy Matt. We uh, we got to spend some time at, the, at training camp together because one, my dad did not come out and uh, give us our passes <laughs> to go into the VIP section. Sucker. So. <laughs> Matt, myself, and my one-year-old son, Caden, light-skinned king, uh, sat in the sun in about 95-degree temperature, braved it. We I looked like a, Kenny. I looked like Kenny when we got done. He did, bro. He was dork. Uh, but, we, hey, we got a selfie with AB. Derek Carr signed my uh, my diaper bag. Uh, Cody came over and said hi a couple times with his chicken brand shirt on. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't sitting in the peasant section. Nope. No. I was like, there's a shady seat sitting over there with my name on it. Yeah, shady <laughs> is the, the operative word. Uh, <laughs> but we had a good time. And, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, Matt Fallon is better than advertised on Twitter. So good good dude. Can't wait to hang out with you at the, at the opener. Dude, my feet's uh, phenomenal, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh what i'm excited for and, and let, let's really get down to the to the nitty-gritty and, and let's talk about it we got hard knocks coming on tuesday we got Derek carr Tony brown john gruden lamarcus joining john abram clinton farrell we're about to get down richie and incognito richie incognito vontez perfect throwing towels because he doesn't have a flag but what i'm most excited about is not the uh, the big ABDC chicken plan, but it's about the little ABDC chicken plan that Ollie Brown <laughs> yeah. and Decker Carr. Raider Nation. I thought, was, I thought that was Cody out there, dude. Man. <laughs> I wish I could sling it like that. Hey, that's ABDC for the next 20 years, baby. Let's get it. And there we go, wrapping this episode up. was definitely a great episode. Football is right around the corner. We had the Hall of Fame game that just came on. Raiders football, the first preseason game, will be coming on next week. We have the joint practice coming up with the Rams. That's going to be on Wednesday and Thursday of this week, right before their preseason matchup. And the Rams, remember, is going to be our only home preseason game. So for those that were hoping to make it to Oakland, maybe just for a quick preseason game, that's going to be the only one that's going to be next weekend. Do not miss it. But more importantly, Raider Nation, coming up quick, it's going to be shortly after you listen to this episode, basically, uh, Tuesday. That's Hard Knocks. Don't miss it. Make sure you subscribe. You're not going to want to hear about it all on your Twitter feed. You need to be prepared, and you need to be watching that thing as soon as it drops. That is 10 p.m. on HBO. But it's the end of the show. It was a great week. Make sure you check out all things on my website, RaiderCody.com. Phone calls will be kicking off soon. The mailbag will be kicking in soon. Make sure you buy yourself a Raider Cody Podcast t-shirt. I just got two of mine. Man, these things are sweet. They fit great. Loving them. Make sure you go to dsgntree.com. Go to the Blue Wire tab or just search Raider Cody or RCP. It'll pop up as a t-shirt. Make sure, you know, like I said, we get a little sliver of that. So that comes as a, uh, that definitely comes as support for our show. And we greatly appreciate it. I still have stickers. And still keep in mind maybe some pre-game live streams, but definitely not. Week one, week one, look for us. We're going to be in C-Lot. I repeat that. We will be in C-Lot for the tailgate. Make sure you come. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you've never talked to us in your life. If you listen to this show, you're welcome over. Come through. We might do a little you know, pre-recording, a little pre-show, and then we'll drop the rest of the podcast that night or early morning because it's a late game. We'll see how it goes. But we're looking forward to it. We're starting to plan everything. We're going to make sure we, you know, Cross our eyes, dot our T's, however that phrase goes, whatever. Either way, I guarantee you we are going to be ready for the 2019 Oakland Raiders. I hope you guys are too. So you're going to hear us a little bit more often. Be ready for it, Raider Nation. So until next episode, see you guys. <laughs>